You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Well, I entitled our message, A Helpful Hope. Uh, I think there are many things we can hope for in our day, but I want us to consider today a hope that is helpful. I was reminded of a researcher's project that performed experiments on little critters going through hardships. Two sets of laboratory rats were placed in separate tubs, and the researchers left one set uh, found in the water that within hours those rats drowned. But the other tub, the researchers would lift them out of the water periodically and put them back in, kind of inhumane. But nevertheless, what came from that study is that these rats lived for close to 24 hours. Why? Not because they were given a rest, but because they had been given hope. I want to ask you a personal question today. And that is, where do you find your hope? Because where you find your hope matters. I want us to talk about hope. Today we're going to start the Advent, four weeks heading up to Christmas. Advent is a Latin word that means coming. And my desire today is to simply allow us to think and prepare our minds as we look forward to the coming of Christmas in which we celebrate Messiah being born into the world on Christmas Day. It should help us as we face this rat race in our culture during this time of the season when there is Black Friday and online shopping and so many things happening in this very chaotic time of the year. Schedules are being full. Activities are not lacking. And many times we lose focus on what Christmas is really about. And so today I want us to begin a series on Advent as we focus on the true meaning of Christmas. So this week we'll look at hope. The next week we'll look at peace. The following week we'll look at joy. And then finally, we'll look at Christ, the love of Christ. And so let's begin today by looking at hope. Hope comes in obviously many different shapes and sizes. For these rats, their hope was to be rescued. But not everyone here this morning necessarily feels the need to be rescued from something. But the reality is, as you could be still facing the facts that you have hopes in some promise that has been made to you. We can have hopes for good reports from the doctor. We can have hopes for a brighter future for our country, for our state, for our circumstances, for our family, 
for our finances. We can hope to have a positive outcome. Maybe even a healing. We can have hope for salvation, eternal life, in heaven. We can hope ultimately in a lot of different things. During these days before Christ was born into the world, these people had great hope. They had hope of the coming of Messiah. It's a hope that we look back to and one day they, they look back to and we look forward to. But they had kind of a false hope. Because they hoped for a Messiah that was never promised. They hoped that Jesus would come and save His people, to redeem His people, to draw His people to themselves. And the reality is, is they kind of hoped for something that was never intended to exist. Now we know that the reality is, is this took place in the Scriptures. Because the reality is, is the people of the day were awaiting with great expectations the return and the coming of Messiah that had yet not come. And while there was great hope for them, again, I wonder today, what is it that we're hoping for? What is it today that you are hoping for? You are in hopes of? This time of the year, it's easy to lose sight of what we should be hoping for. Material things. I mean, I think about my own children. I think about my own life as a child as this time of the season approached and growing up in a home, we would cut out all of the pictures of what we wanted for Christmas and we would put them in an envelope and stick them in the mail and send them to the big man. We had hopes of great material possessions. That was what our world revolved around as children. We had no worries. We had no struggles. We, we didn't suffer anything. We, we were fed food. We had good Christmas songs and cookies. And there was just a great hope as a young person for the material things of this world. But maybe you're here and that isn't your hope. Your hope is in people. Maybe your hope's in some kind of idea. Some dreams that you want to see come to fruition. All of which are, listen, they're not bad hopes. But during this season, it's important that we turn our hearts and our mind to the hope of Christmas. To focus in as we bring the season of Christmas what is it that we as children of God are placing our hopes in? While we are certainly flooded this time of the year with tons of opportunities to buy things and for us and others, if we are not careful as we approach these days, Christmas will come and Christmas will go. We will have seen, sung a few songs in church. We will have had a few activities. And we'll miss the point of Christmas due to the cultural influences in relation to, against the true meaning of Christmas. There is a level of distortion in our day that has taken place. And so while presents and Christmas trees and all the great things that come with Christmas, I think we can always use a reminder of what we should truly hope for.
this time of the year, this season of life, during this Christmas season. The Jewish people that Matthew is writing about had a hope. But it was again a false hope. The hope they had was for Messiah to come in. But for 400 years, if you remember, between the Testaments, the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was 400 years of silence. In which there was no prophets, there was no angelic conversations. There was no message from the Lord. 400 years. Silence. And the whole time they're waiting for Messiah to come onto the scene and to give them deliverance. Not just any kind of deliverance, but political deliverance, to be honest. And so the Jewish people were in captivity during this time. They had been in bondage and they wanted desperately Messiah to come and to rescue them. Who wouldn't want to be rescued from that kind of lifestyle? Enslaved and bondage to a people that had captured them and captivated them. And so for them, their hope was that one day Messiah would come in and bring in them this political power which would bring them out of the bondage for which they had hoped and bring in this earthly kingdom of power and authority and deliverance. There was this hope that kept them going. But nevertheless, it was a false hope. And I think we have to be very careful that as Christians, we don't walk through life being driven by a false hope for that which God never promised. Why? Because this is not our home. We are sojourners passing through. We're simply here to recruit future residents for the kingdom of God. God doesn't promise that He'll take away our sorrows on this side of heaven. He doesn't promise you your your best life now. If this is as best as it gets now, boy, we're in big trouble. Because this ain't very good right now. I mean, about the only thing that you might could consider good is the financial prosperity that we have and the freedoms we have as a nation and as a people. But nevertheless, we know how fickle that is. We're losing them every day. Our freedoms. And many are losing their prosperity every day. And I think we can all in our minds understand and know someone who had it all and lost it all in the matter of moments. So it's important where we place our hope. And it is important that we not... Be like them, having a false hope and a false expectation. Because the reality is it will leave us disappointed. It was a false hope. Like the rats that created a hope that they would be rescued, but like the rats, they were also wrong. This wasn't the reason that Christ came. Christ did not come, at least in that time, in that moment, to rescue them politically. Rather, He came to rescue their souls. I always like to say false expectation leads to disappointment. 
And I think that we are experiencing high levels of disappointment in our day. People are miserable. They're unhappy. They're frustrated. They're angry. Why? Many times it's because they have a false hope. And therefore, with the false expectations, they are led to disappointment. And disappointment leads to discouragement. And discouragement leads to anger, bitterness, and all of the other things that comes along with it. Here in Matthew, we find the context, the first ten chapters in which we have the revelation of the king. Matthew's purpose in chapter 1 to 4 is Jesus is revealed to the Jews in his person. Chapters 5 to chapter 7, Jesus is revealed to the Jews in his principle. And then chapter 8 to chapter 10, Jesus is revealed to the Jews in his power. Matthew is trying to clarify that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the one to whom they had been waiting for all of this time. He is indeed the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so why is it that Matthew is trying to reveal Jesus as King? Well, it's because these people had a false hope, looking and expecting for a false king. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jewish people had created for themselves their own kind of Jesus. And to them, Messiah would mean freedom from Roman rule and oppression. They wanted a brave king who would come in with all authority and all power and take care of their oppressors. They hoped for a king that would come in on a white horse. But rather, what do we find? We find a suffering servant who comes in on a donkey. Matthew 20, verse 28 reminds us, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to give His life a ransom for many. But listen, Messiah came not to rule, but to serve and to give up His life a ransom for many to die on a, on a tree, a cursed death for which you and I could have a good, genuine, true hope of eternal life. He came not to rule, but to serve. That's not what they hoped for. The kind of Jesus that came did not meet the kind of Jesus they had expected. I wonder this morning, how many of us have expectations of Jesus that He never intended for us to have. How many of us listening, watching here, present, not present, maybe we'll watch in a month, have a, have a false Jesus for which they have created in their own mind, for their own passions, for their own desires, to accomplish their own purpose, when Jesus is not the Jesus that they are expecting? Because they had a false hope and a false Jesus. And it's very possible for us, like them, to place our hope in the wrong things. And so again, it boils down to the personal question, what is it that you are hoping for today? 
I don't know about you, but things seem very heavy. Am I the only one that just feels the pressure of the culture that wants to squeeze all of things that are of God out of our system and implement that which is dishonoring to God? Am I the only one who feels that pressure being applied? If we're not careful, we'll develop false hopes. And you, like them, will be discouraged. They had missed the coming Messiah. Uh, you think about that for a moment. All of this time, 400 years of silence, 400 years of probably praying and asking God to deliver them. 400 years, God's own people seeking God for deliverance and, and redemption due to a political catastrophe. And nothing. Silence. And then all of a sudden, after the 400 years of absolute silence, God answers their prayers. And He sends to them who? The Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, God in flesh, dwells among them. And they miss it. They miss it. Why? Because they had fabricated in their head that which they wanted when God gave them what they needed. John reminds us in John 1.11, He came to His own. He came to His own. His own chosen people. And those were who were His own did not receive Him. He wasn't sufficient for what they wanted. Listen, all I'm saying is this. Many times when we have our own desires, our own expectations, our own hopes, we can develop things that are not which God desires for our lives. And if we're not careful, we'll elevate those over what He desires for our lives. And when we have a true, genuine hope, when we have a hope that is honoring to God, within the realms of what God desires for your life and for my life, we will permeate joy in midst of whatever happens, whatever circumstance comes our way, whatever policies come down the pipe. Because our joy and our hope is not based on our circumstances, my friend. But they are based on the promises of God. They wanted something else. And if we aren't careful, we'll get wrapped up in wrong hopes and miss all that God has right before us. I wonder. I'm going to be a little transparent here. I spent a lot of time reading social media. And I'm going to tell you, it's overwhelming of how many people have lost, have lost their ability to put their trust and faith in God. And because they lack trust, 
And because they lack faith, and because they have some false hope or false desires, they're missing the greatest opportunity of all time to be a shining light to a, a desperate world who needs Jesus Christ. And I just wonder if we spent as much time talking about politics as we did sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, how quickly this thing would turn around. I mean, hours and hours and hours, days and weeks of nonsense that we've bought a lie. We've been called to preach the gospel, brothers and sisters. We've been called to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. How are we spending our time? Where are we putting our energy and our efforts? Because would it not be interesting that if we had the hope of seeing everything just wonderful and hunky-dory and all the bad people gone, Life would be so grand. Stop trying to make heaven on earth. This is not your home. This is Satan's world. And he is in control of it. And the beautiful thing is this. Where you have your hope will be revealed in how you act in the midst of it. Because when we realize that Satan has control and he's doing what he's doing, our one job is to permeate this world with the hope of Jesus Christ. If we aren't careful, we'll get wrapped up and miss all that God has before us. For some, that will be the provision which He has already provided. It will never be enough, will it? If you ask a millionaire, how much more money do you need? Just one more dollar. It's never enough. For some, it will be people whom God has in your life and not those you don't have yet. You'll be looking for the next person. That will be your deliverer. That will be your provider. When God has given you the people in your life that you can grow and be faithful with. And fearfully some, will, if they're not careful, they will gravitate to have a hope and salvation by some other means than what Christ has offered you. Whether it be your works, your deeds, your efforts, your knowledge, your circumstances. You see, we can build, we can make, we can fashion, we can construct, we can shape, we can form Jesus Christ into something we think He should be. 
or we can desire for Him to be who He is, lest we miss who He really is. We can create a Santa Claus kind of Jesus, a genie in the bottle, so to speak, where we just rub the bottle and say, Lord, I need this and I want this and I, I, I need this circumstance. And then we can just expect, well, I said in the name of Jesus, therefore it must be done. This is what the Word of Faith movement is going to teach you today. Oh, name it and claim it. Be positive. Make sure you have good vibrations. Make sure your megahertz hit the right whatever it is. Listen, our hope is in Jesus Christ. I'm getting hit pretty hard on social media about being a QAnon. Whatever in the world that is. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Word of God. I don't believe in some bogus backdoor information. The Word of God, my friends, is sufficient. Stop looking to the methods of man and stop accusing me of being some QAnon conspiracy theorist. Listen, if you want to know the truth and you want to know what's coming down the pipe, open your Bible and read it, my friends. Stop looking to the methods of man. Because this is how He speaks to us today. This is how He guides and how He directs. We need to make sure that we don't have a false sense of hope. That if we can just tie it all together somehow, we can know what's going to happen. Listen, God doesn't tell you everything. His ways are higher than your ways. Man plans his ways and the Lord directs his step. Why? Because God is sovereign. God is in control of what's happening. It's why I taught Jeremiah. Because I wanted us all to understand that no matter our circumstance, we need to know that God is in control. So whether you're walking through an abusive relationship, whether you're walking through a divorce, whether you're walking through uh, a financial situation, whether you're walking through an illness, I want you to listen to me this morning. Jesus Christ is your hope. He is your answer. He is your deliverer. He is your sustainer. He will give you everything you need pertaining to life and to godliness. But as long as you seek out everything else, you will be temporarily satisfied. But here, Jesus will give you a water for which you will never thirst again. And it's time we stop hunting for unhelpful hope and start having a helpful hope that's focused in on who Jesus is. We need to act like we have a hope in Christ, not like these Jews when they had a false hope. It's like trying to get something out of something that just doesn't exist, my friends. It's like trying to draw oil from a water well. It doesn't exist. You can't get oil from a water well. And if you could, you wouldn't want to drink it. And creating an unbiblical Jesus to satisfy your desires and your hopes is silly. And it's unuseful for you and your family and the body of Christ. Trying to gain, to get something from Christ that was never intended to give. 
I'm a big fan of not making false promises to people that God never gave. Because when you give false hope, you lead people utterly to discouragement. And that is why I think Jeremiah was so important. Because he had a proper hope. And his hope was based upon God and His Word and what was going to unfold. And the people were offering false hope. Oh, you're going to be returned. God isn't going to destroy you. Everything's going to be hunky-dory and okay. When God had said, I am going to pour out my wrath and justice on my very own people. We need not to try to gain and get things that God never intended from Christ. It may make you feel good for a short time until you realize that it doesn't come to pass. But this made-up version of Jesus will leave you lacking and malnourished and discouraged. It's like you give a child a pacifier. Oh, it tastes good. He, he gets satisfaction from it for a season. But that, if that's all he ever got, he would starve to death because there is no value in it nutritionally. And if we walk through this life and we grab every false hope and that's what we live off of, we will utterly be destroyed because we will be helpless, hopeless. Because those things were never intended to give us hope. The Jews in the day were lacking. And there are still Jews today that are lacking and have a false hope for an earthly king. They're still waiting on Messiah to come on a white horse to give them political rule and reign. Instead of looking at Isaiah 53 as the suffering servant of Christ on the cross, they, 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 they make something else out of it. And so how does this thought affect us even today? What is the message of hope we are looking for during this season of Christmas? The season of Advent, the coming of Messiah. So we look to celebrate Christ. Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 to 17, we see the genealogies of Jesus. The Messiah that Jesus is truly from the line of David and able to be the rightful king. And in verses 18 to 23, we see the birth of Jesus. If you remember there in Matthew 1, starting around verse 18, Joseph had planned on sending her away. Why? Because he didn't want to embarrass her because she'd become pregnated, not by him. So therefore, it must have been some other dude, and therefore, he wanted to send her away. But in Matthew 1.20, Joseph, we are learned, was told, Son of David, don't be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. Who shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Their hope was that Messiah would bring an earthly kingdom. But Matthew tells us the purpose of Jesus Christ will be that He will save people from their sin. 
our hope should be for that. Because I don't know about you, but I'm messed up. Now I can stand up here in my Sunday best and tell you how great I look and how godly I am and how great my life is. But the reality is, is I'm no different than you. And I face struggles and temptations and trials. And I don't know how many times I wanted to lash out in anger this week. And my wife needed to remind me, is it worth it, honey? No, you're right. Delete. He came to save us from our sins. The Bible reminds us that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. That there is none righteous. No, not one. Not you, not me, not the greatest of greatest spiritual leaders in all of history. Our greatest deeds are filthy rags. Why? Because we've sinned. And everything is tainted with sin. You say, well, what is sin? Sin, the Greek word is homratia. And it's an archery term. And the objective of an archer is to draw his bow back and hit the bullseye. Sin simply means you've missed the bullseye. You have not been perfect. Let me remind you of this. In order to get to heaven, you must be as perfect and righteous as God. How is that possible, Pastor? You just said there's none righteous, no, not one. Well, that's because he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so when God sees me, who does he see he doesn't see me he sees his son jesus christ i am in christ i've been crucified with christ and no longer live but it is christ who lives in me therefore you must my friends be covered in the blood of the lamb still even today jesus serves for that very purpose and the biggest question you have to ask yourself is what is it that you're hoping in? Because if you hope that one day when you stand before God, which you will, the death rate is 100%, my friends. 100% of us will die. They will put you in a box or in a fiery furnace and burn your body and put you in a urn and give that to your family and they'll spread you wherever. Or you'll be right in front here in a box. And they'll lower you into the ground. Every single one will die. And if you think for a second, your hope is that when you get before God, and God says, well, I should have let you into heaven, and you come up with this fabricated idea that you can work yourselves into the kingdom of God, my friends, that's not it. That is a false hope. Galatians 2.20 says, if you can be saved by keeping the law, then Christ died needlessly. He didn't need to die. You just need to be good enough. But the reality is, is He did die. He willingly, sufficiently, and obediently went to the cross to die for you and for me that we might have hope of eternal life. So what is your hope in today? They had a false hope. A hope that would cause them to reject the true Jesus as being Messiah. Messiah the King, God in flesh. 
He came to His own and His own received them not. Maybe you're here today, you have loved ones, you have family, they reject Jesus as Messiah. Listen, He came to His own and they didn't receive Him. Many will reject them. And it isn't your job, it isn't my job to save them or make them born again from above. Listen, we all have sin. That's why Jesus says you must be born again. Well, I was born this way, that way. Yes, I was too. I would kill you if I wasn't born again. Because you made me mad. But God says don't murder. Therefore, I cannot murder. People miss who Jesus is and His purpose. So people will go shopping after getting clothes. They'll spend time with their family and they'll be grateful. Jesus will just be on the back burner. And we'll raise a generation that thinks that's what Christmas is about. And my hope and my desires over the next four weeks is that we can focus in on who Jesus is and the great hope that He has offered. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. That hope is that you can be born again, you can be saved by putting your faith in Christ and that no matter what comes your way, no matter the circumstances in your life, no matter the circumstances in this world, we can look forward to the hope of Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, that's your only hope. <laughs> Everything else is a mirage. Now, there's nothing wrong with those things, but if we're not careful, we'll replace Jesus and the purpose of all we do. And so be expecting this year when you spend time with those that are not in the faith, when you begin to share your faith, understand many will reject. The biggest thing, listen, when people come to Christ, the biggest obstacle they face is they say, my family wants nothing to do with me anymore. This happens a lot. And maybe you're sitting there today and you're that person. You're that person who's put your faith in Christ. And you're being rejected by your very own family because of your faith in Christ. But when you share the gospel with many, they will, they will believe that they're a Christian because they were born into a Christian family. Because they've been baptized and they've come down front and they've joined a church. Because they have some kind of intellectual understanding that Jesus Christ died on a cross for their sins. I mean, the demons believed in James chapter 2 and trembled. That doesn't make them believers. It's not about intellectual understanding. Some will believe they're saved because they've had some emotional experience. Oh, I got the goosies. Oh, goosebumps. I cried. I saw a vision. I had a dream. That's not the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the power to save. That's the gospel. Putting your faith in Him alone, His death, His burial, and His resurrection, that is what we are to believe in. That's what will give you salvation. That's what will make you born again. That's when the Holy Spirit comes to take up residence in you. Just like in the days of Jesus, people had created their own false hope. They made themselves out to really be their own God. So they create truth. I think the word truth is the most misused word in our day. 
We don't even have to define truth anymore. Theories are not truths, by the way. They're just that. They're just theories. Truth is truth. This is truth. The Word of God is truth. And therefore, when we, when we do things and we say things, let's make sure they line up with the Word of God because the Word of God never contradicts itself. You may not like what it says. I may not like what it says. But it's truth. Therefore, we must stand on it. Not our own understandings. They had created a false hope. But this hope, this unadulterated hope, must be the hope we stand on. A hope that is worth giving up everything for. A hope that would cause Paul to be stoned and to left for dead. To get up and go back in the city and tell them about Jesus Christ. To preach the gospel. That kind of hope. The hope that a man would be burned at the stake for his faith. Because they know that it's worth giving up everything for. A hope that is worth dying for. A hope worth living the rest of your life for. A hope that only can be found in one person, and that is the person of Jesus Christ. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He is not a good way. He is not the best way. He is the only way. It's narrow. It is narrow. Now we have the whole story. We have the entire book. We have the full counsel of God's Word. And that is why we can celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ on Christmas because we have the whole story. We realize and understand that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and He lived a perfect life, sinless, so that you might have life, I might have life. And He was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day and ascended up to the right hand of the Father where He now intercedes on your behalf and my behalf when we don't even know what to pray. We have the whole story. We've seen the teachings of Paul. We've seen the teachings of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. We've seen the great blessings of Jesus coming and being born of God. A virgin woman. We've seen the big picture. We remember we have hope, but our hope is in Christ. And that hope is in Jesus that produces faith and hope and works. And that is why in 1 Thessalonians 1.3, he says we continue to remember our God and our Father who worked, who, who uh, Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope in Christ inspires our endurance, prompts us, to labor by our love for the Father. We want to live holy lives, not so we can say, look at me how holy and righteous I am, because we know that we are children of God. And sometimes that means dying to self. Where we don't hope in our own selves, but rather we put our hope consistently on Christ. 
He gives us hope even when things look grim. He gives us hope when things aren't going the way we think they should go and when things fall through and go in the other direction. We have hope to face the giants of life. It gives us hope because our hope is in Christ and we are allowed to see that He has won the battle. I am just learned yesterday I went to visit a friend. He owns a business over in Georgia. And there's usually three guys there who are working. One, one of them wasn't there and I didn't think of anything of it. It's Thanksgiving weekend and so maybe he was out of town and I came back home and we had dinner with my in-laws and so I told him, hey, I went over a visit so-and-so and he goes, yeah, did you hear about Steve? And I said, no. Yeah, he died. He died? Yeah, like, just recently died. And I'm like, wow. You know, when somebody you know dies, doesn't it just spark reality? Like, he's dead. He's gone. He stepped into eternity. And it happens every day. Every day. Our life is but a vapor, my friends. And who you place your hope in and what you place your hope in matters tremendously. This baby that was born brought hope to many then. And I pray He brings hope to you now. Because He was God in flesh. And He conquered death. He gives us a reason to love. He gives us a reason to have faith. 1 Peter 1.21 Through Him you believe in God who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him. So your faith and hope are in God. Not man, God. Our hope is in Christ to work in and through us, to bring salvation to His people. And for those in Christ, oh, you have won. You're eternally wrapped in the mighty arms of God. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? I don't fear death, because I know that when I die, I'm going to step into the presence of God, and it will be a rejoicing. It will be a celebration. Not because I'm somebody special or because I'm perfect. No, because I put my faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. And I know that when I die, I will be with my Father who is in heaven, who has gone to prepare a place for me. And He says, if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you to myself. That way I'm there, you may be also. There is a joy and a hope in knowing where you will end up, my friend. But if you are in the sound of my voice and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and your Savior and you, you know information about Jesus, you have an intellectual understanding of who He is and what He did, but you've never put your faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ, where will you go? Do you know that you know that you know? He says these things I've written to you so that you may know you have eternal life. You don't have to wonder about your salvation if you've placed it in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. But if it's based upon your own abilities, oh boy, you ought to be wondering, all right. Because maybe just this morning you sinned. 
maybe during this service you sin. And if it's based upon your efforts, oh boy, better not die in your sin. Sin is a bad thing. It's deadly. The wages of sin is death. But our hope is in Christ who brings about salvation for those in Christ. Listen, the reality is this, is I love and I care deeply about each one of you. I've had an opportunity to get to know most of you face to face, across from a dinner table. I know your life. I know who you are. Many of you, I know your struggles and the situations for which you find yourself in. And I wouldn't be a faithful man of God to shepherd the flock of God if I didn't call you to come to Christ. I wouldn't be a faithful preacher if I didn't proclaim the hope of Jesus Christ during our Christmas season. When the world wants you to hope in so many things other than Jesus. As a matter of fact, they mock it. Publicly these days. I want you to know that whatever life brings your way, if your faith is in Christ, you can endure. Because you are living for eternity. He who has the Son has the life. In the present tense, my friends. He gives you promises for those who are in Christ. Promises to supply your every need. He will give you what you need. I didn't say He'll give you your greed. He will give you what you need. God has faithfully given me and my family everything we need. When it seemed impossible, He still provided. God promises that His grace is sufficient for you in 2 Corinthians 12.9. He has made provisions for our salvation by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. God promises that His children will never be overtaken by temptation. No temptation is overtaking you, but that which is common to man and God will provide a way of escape. You have your exit route in place. He's given you victory. He's provided a way. God has promised us victory over death. There is no greater victory than victory over death. Death is the worst thing that could ever happen to a human being, ever. It is the result of the fall of man from the very beginning of time. When Adam and Eve was in that perfect garden, God had created them perfectly. He said, from this tree you shall not eat. From the day you eat, you will surely die. They ate and they died just as God had promised. They didn't die physically. They died spiritually. And unless corrected, they would ultimately end up in hell. Now I know we don't talk about that anymore. I don't talk about hell. Is hell real? Then by golly, we better talk about it. We ought to be dragging on the pants of people as they go to hell, begging them, turn to Christ, repent, believe the gospel, and be saved. You can't save them. 
but you can surely plead for their salvation. Pray for their salvation. God has promised victory over death for those that are in Christ. God has promised that He will work out all things for your good. Romans 8, 28. For God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So whatever circumstance it is, you find yourself as a believer and a follower of Christ, know that God can work that circumstance for the good. He will. Yeah, you may have messed up bad. I know a guy. His name is Jesus. And he is a redeemer. He is a fixer. He has promised those that believe in Him will be saved. He's promised hope of eternal life. That, my friends, is hope. They waited for the wrong hope. They missed it by a long shot. That's them. But we have to personalize it, don't we? What about you? What are you waiting on? He's given you every opportunity to respond by faith in Jesus Christ and to fix our hope no longer in our own abilities, but on Jesus Christ. I want to see you hoping in Christ. That's my prayer. That's my desire for every single one in the sound of my voice. For now and into the future. We need to be like Paul says in Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you waiting that day? Are you praying that God will burst through those clouds at any very second? I hope He does. I hope He comes back today. But not before you who have yet to put their faith in Christ respond. No matter how much I want to go home to be with the Lord, He could take me out right now and I could go alone. But I want you to be saved. I want you to have a hope in Christ. A living hope. A sure hope. A certain hope. That Messiah has indeed come. One that will take away the sins of the world. When you're praying for the salvation of others, when you're praying for healing in the life of those who you love, you're seeking God to help you in your finances, your circumstances, your situations in this government, in these political days, relying on God to take care of all of our needs, to find a suitable mate, whatever it may be, our hope in Christ is the solid foundation for which we must stand, my friends. Because when we fail to do that, when things don't turn out like we expected it, we will be highly disappointed. But in Christ, when He is the center of our hope, we will stand firm on the solid foundation of Christ. What is your hope today? It must be Christ. That's the King we worship. That's the Lord. He is the center of, of our hope. 
as we approach Christmas season, as we look forward to the celebration of God sending His Son into the world that we might have life and have life abundant. God wants you to live out the victorious Christian life. Jesus came in the first as a baby, but He's coming again as a righteous ruler, my friends. He is coming again to, to solve the problems of this world. He is coming again and promises that there will be an end to all of the suffering and the pain and the loss that we've endured. There will be no more war. There will be no more famine. There will be no more murder. There will be more no strife. No, the kings, the king of kings is coming. And he is where we should place our hope. That day will be absolutely wonderful. but it will be absolutely terrifying as well for those that have never put their faith. Would you today come to the Father, place your hope in Jesus Christ, come to Him and tell Him you're going to put your hope in Him, in the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. I'm going to place my absolute trust in Your goodness and in Your grace not in my abilities, not in my efforts, not in my deeds. I'm going to hope Jesus Christ in you alone. For there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved apart from Jesus Christ. Would you do that today? Put everything aside. Maybe today you've had a false hope. You're discouraged. You're down. Maybe you found it in your own works and efforts. And you simply need to say, Lord, I want to hope in you. Forgive me of my sin. Do that today. Because that's true hope. 1 Peter 1, 3-4 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable. It, 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 won't, it won't go bad on you. It's undefiled. No, you were, you were made holy in Christ. You are now a saint in Christ. And listen, it will not fade away because it's reserved. You have a reservation with the Lord. It's in heaven for you. You have hope and it's founded in Jesus Christ. So as you prepare for the next few weeks, celebrate that wonderful day in which we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Make sure your hope is built on Him, the Savior of the world. Remember, those rats kept swimming. Those animals somehow hoped that if they could just stay afloat a little longer, someone would reach down in and rescue them. Listen, if, whole, if hope holds such power for such a little rodent, how much greater should it be on our lives.
Whatever you endure this season, remember, it's a season of hope. Let that hope be in Christ today. He came to all for hope to a hopeless people. And I, above all people, am one who needs hope daily. Christ, our Christmas hope, a helpful hope. Would you put your faith in Him today? Let's pray. Well, thank you for listening to our program today. We pray that you were blessed and trust that you will join us again. If you do not have a church home, Pastor Stuart Guthrie would like to personally invite you to join in person at Family Bible Fellowship in Early Branch, South Carolina, or you can visit them on their website at familybiblefellowship.org. May God bless you this week as you walk with Him.